Support for this podcast comes from TPT Digital, TransPerfect Specialized Division, helping brands boost their global presence and international performance. This is Off the Clock with your hosts, Shane Madden and Whit Harwood, taking a deep dive into the structural changes into the business world as a result of the global pandemic. Hey guys, I'm Shane. And I'm Whit. And today we're joined by David Shaw, Head of International Product Marketing at Snapchat, to discuss social commerce and how Snapchat is giving brands the tools to digitize. We have a lot of really, really interesting data points to get into today. So Whit, let's jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. Where are you, where are you calling in from? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Shane. It's been a while. Uh, I'm calling in from London. So um, enjoying lockdown life here, hopefully coming out of it quite soon. Good, good deal. So for, for our listeners, I've known David for, I guess, what, 30 years? We, we were in elementary school together uh, and then joined, joined forces again in, in university where we studied in, in a business school in, in Dublin. So uh, yeah, really, really appreciate you joining today. Um, as the theme of today's session or, or segment is uh, social commerce, we feel, well, I'm super excited. I know Wit is as well. Uh, we feel like you're the, the right the right guy to get on to get on the podcast, given your role as head of international product marketing for Snapchat. So, I guess just for our listeners, um, let let's start at the top. Do do you mind do you mind kind of giving us a uh, you know a couple of sentences or, or or bullet points on what exactly Snapchat is? Yeah, of course. So I'm hopeful that all of your listeners are familiar with Snapchat and are active users of the platform. But for those who are not, um, we are fundamentally a, a camera uh, company is what we will call ourselves. So we're an app that opens up to the camera that facilitates quick and easy communication between best friends. Um, so, you know, a fantastic way to express yourself through the camera that we open up to. Like I said, communicate with your best friends and uh, experience the world's first social map as well that we've built into the application have access to some of the best content around uh, that we provide in partnership with the likes of um, Bleacher Report, ESPN, The Economist. And more recently, we've launched a new platform called Spotlight, which is a vertical video um, feed of some of the best uh, content from around the world. Um, And we've actually introduced a creator fund for that as well, where we're giving away a million dollars a day to creators that are uh, building content on that platform um, and driving really fun engagement for our community. Got it. Got it. Got explanation. So the basic premise of our podcast off the clock is um, Whit and I decided to, to get on the mic together. Um, given what was going on with COVID in terms of the accelerants, uh, you know, the changing business environment, what was happening in, in, the, in the marketplace. And today's topic and theme is definitely um, one of those driving factors, which is social commerce and, and how, uh, channels like yours and mediums like yours are now playing playing a role, a major role in in retail. So, with that in mind, um, I, I guess how would you differentiate your platform from from some of the other big social networks? Yeah, so I think like I mentioned earlier, um, definitely view ourselves very differently. Um, we don't really set ourselves out as a social network, um, and I think the decision with that in mind was made back in twenty eighteen. We had a complete redesign of the app and the idea was to separate social from media. So essentially having that camera in the middle as a buffer between social, which is how you communicate with your friends, and then media, um, which is the media that you consume on Snap. And like I mentioned as well, we've really made sure to 
um, partner with some of the biggest and best news providers in the world. And we set really strict editorial guidelines with them to ensure that the content that is coming into the platform is brand safe and is fit for purpose. So we feel like we've got a really, uh, you know, we're, we're differentiated with that in mind from a lot of the other platforms that are out there. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the real key to that that I keep talking about is the camera. Um, and we've really doubled down on augmented reality and AR kind of year on year and really building like an ecosystem of applications around the camera. So leaning in on the camera as a kind of a, a gateway, an entry point into um, discovery of the world around you and really uh, driving, um, I suppose, utility out of that discovery as well. And that's where there's some of the social commerce elements come into it, right? Um, you know, being able to experience uh, retail experiences through the camera, being able to try on clothing, being able to discover new products. That's where we see a massive opportunity. Uh, and that's where we've started to see some real success, particularly over the past year. Got it. Dave, Got I it. love that metaphor of kind of the three-part function of the app where you have uh, you know, the media and consumption on one side, you have interaction on the other side, and then you kind of have the blending of the two right in between. Do you see user groups segmented across the three different parts of the app? And, you know, I, I would have to imagine that you have some people that are specifically, you know, it, there for the social functions and being able to, you know, disappearing message other users. Then you have some people who are there using it as another way to interact with ESPNs and Bleacher Reports of the world. Do you think about, or how do you think about users in each different uh, phase of the app? And then um, what does that segmentation mean for um, how you're ultimately monetizing users? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good question. And, um, you know, in the past, it very much would have been those three distinct areas. As mentioned, we've introduced the map and spotlight, which has really changed things up. Uh, and we see, to your point, um, you know, very differing uh, user behaviors per part of the app. So we do have people that are coming in using the map every day. We do have people that are communicating more through messaging. There's camera users. We've got people within Discover. And just to put it into perspective, um, you know, we've got over 200 million users that are engaging with AR and Snap every single day. We've got over 250 million users that are um, using our social map, you know, the Snap map every single month. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the, the numbers are crazy. And even with Spotlight just coming out, we announced in January that we've over 100 million monthly active users on Spotlight. So, you know, to your point, there are like distinct use cases that exist on Snap. So we do have users that are coming in and like myself that are using all of the five, um, you know, distinct uh, platforms almost. But we do also have those users that are engaging more in the camera than in other parts. And that's, I think therein lies the opportunity um, because to your point, there is blended functions that exist throughout, and they're uh, really centered around discoverability. Um, you know, so within the map, it's discovering the world around you um, and like the social experiences that can come from that. Even within communication, we've or within the chat function, excuse me, we've introduced things like minis, which are mini applications that sit within the chat function. So I can buy tickets on Adam tickets for the cinema with my friends, and I can you know discover new experiences there. It goes without saying in the camera, the ability to discover that new utility, new products, et cetera, directly through the camera. And then the same within Discover, discovering that new content and within Spotlight. So I think that discoverability um, bleeds throughout. Um, but yeah, we're seeing a lot of um, you know, user growth throughout the different parts. 
and the goal is to develop those. So the, the product philosophy internally is um, product platform business. And that's really what we want to kind of build out over time is developing those distinct features within Snap from products to platforms into businesses to enable you know, our users to get value from them, but also to enable our partners on the monetization size, side to um, you know, have new advertising experiences and reach new customers through those. So I, I, you touched on something there, with, which is pretty interesting. So I think your data user number is 265 million. I think, what is that, up 20 plus percent year over year, of which those users are actively engaged in your, in, in your app, something like 30, 30 times a day. So I also read a stat which said that 90% of 13 to 24-year-olds in the US are on Snapchat. Would you as an international product marketeer define your, your platform as niche or mainstream? Yeah, I think that's, it's a really good question. Um, and I think in the past, it definitely would have been seen as, as quite niche because the use cases were, uh, were niche, right? It was instant ephemeral messaging. And that's what a lot of people maybe came to the platform for at the beginning. Um, and I think over time in the product decisions that have been made, like I said, separating social from media, the, the early decision to partner with those large broadcasting partners, that has really brought it more mainstream um, on that consumption side. And I think particularly like going back to the camera, you know, every single person now has, you know, probably one of the most powerful computers that's ever existed in their pockets. And the camera is now the gateway into that computer. So uh, the camera is almost like the new cursor. So our parents' generation, or maybe not our parents' generation, but even our generation, you know, we went to Google and the cursor was our home screen. The new home screen is the camera. And I think that's enabled Snap to become more mainstream and move away from that niche. Because, the, you know, the camera, like again, like I said, is that entry point into this uh, new um, way of discovering uh, the world around you. So I think with that in mind, becoming much more mainstream and moving away from those niche use cases into um, a much more main, uh, mainstream um, product. And you'll also see that through our user base. You know, in, in the past, it would have been perceived that Snap was very much focused on, you know, 13 to 17 as the core audience. It's probably more the inverse of that now. Like 18 plus represents the majority of our audience in, in a lot of markets. Um, and that's because users that have been on the platform early from when they were 13 to 15, et cetera, they've stayed on the platform. And um, so we're, the users are aging up and we're also onboarding net new uh, customers, in particular in international markets that are uh, actually aging up. So to give you an example, in a market like Norway, we have the inverse in, in a lot of other countries where the majority of our audience is actually 28 plus. And um, so it's really interesting to see how our product is used in different markets with that in mind. That's such a good point because I uh, was, one, just going to ask you about that. Two, when I worked at NBC News, one of the things that uh, people on the news side always talked about was you kind of went through the life cycle of being a news viewer. You know, you started watching the Today Show at some point in your 30s once you had kids and you started watching nightly news at some point in your 40s because you want to be informed. And then you, you know, become older and you sit down and watch Rachel Maddow every night on MSNBC. That function on the cable side essentially went away within the last five years, right? People 
people who are our age, collectively, the three of us, are not graduating into that standard uh, function as we're, you know, kind of maturing in our uh, media life cycle. It's fascinating to hear you talk about that on the Snap side, because Snap is becoming that platform with a bunch of different layers and functions to it. And another question I was going to ask you, which you kind of just touched on, is how do you measure um, adding on different component, like different key tent poles of the app, which is, it sounds like that's what Spotlight is going to be. Minis obviously have huge potential to be able to um, have uh, users transact within the app for third-party businesses. How do you think about, though, adding on new key parts of the business to an app when you're still growing the primary area, which is kind of the camera and getting people to come to the app every day? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good question. And I think quickly to touch on what you were talking about, about the, the life cycle within TV um, and people, you know, moving from one show to the next and one uh, maybe cable news provider or whatever else to the next. We've actually seen that a lot of the, the larger cable networks are leveraging Snap to access those users at an early age and to start to bring them over. So uh, just to give an example in the UK, Sky News are creating new, um, like shorter broadcast programs to target a younger audience, to hook them and bring them over at an earlier age. The same with Channel 4, the same with ITV, because that cord cutting is becoming more and more prevalent. So they want to get access to them in in a different way. So that's just to to touch on that, which I think is an interesting uh, tidbit. But on your point about um, how do we continue to evolve the product? And, you know, a lot of it comes down to, the, the team we've hired, we've hired a really strong um, design and product and engineering team. And the, I suppose the vision, the vision, pardon me, that our you know founder and CEO Evan Spiegel has, and Bobby Murphy, our co-founder, that are still very much present day to day. And their vision is to is, is really focused around experiences that will come from the camera, and um, I suppose making social experiences more meaningful and Snap being the vehicle for that. So like everything that we're bringing in is in some way related. And it's in, um, it's in some way as well, kind of enhancing uh, how we, as kind of our users and that uh, different generation are um, experiencing the world around them. So that's where I, I was talking about the Snap map. It is that social map. And if you look at like Spring Break, for example, if you go to Twitter, you type in Spring Break Snap map, all you'll see is like everyone's Bitmoji on the Snap Map in in Florida or Miami, um, and you know when you go through the map and you click in on the stories, you'll you'll see um, that like kind of unfolding in front of them. So that all comes through the camera, the content that's created through that that drives the engagement. So there's kind of a, a flywheel that exists there, and um, we're really focused on you know continuing to build those engaging experiences to build like innovative technology that will sit around that, that you know, closer blends the, your digital life and the real life with AR at the heart of it. So this is, this is the meat of why, why I was so excited to get you on the, on the pod, David. So, uh, all right, you've got an enormous base. Um, and th- there, there's, two, there's two arms of this. One is the democratization of experiences through the likes of VAR and then Secondly, is the tools to help uh, businesses digitize, right? So, uh, what, 
I, I guess, right, in, in reading some of your stats, I think it was 900 plus million uh, ad-driven revenue um, for, for Snapchat, I think it was 2020. But Q4. with these two arms, yeah, yeah. With these two arms, you're now launching into um, an e-commerce retail play. Um, and you obviously just acquired Fit Analytics, um, I think are a Berlin-based company. So can you give our listeners some context as to Firstly, why you made that acquisition, what the angle is, and then most importantly, what it means for brands that want to try and monetize um, monetize your platform for the purposes of their business. Yeah, so um, you know, I think that's a really exciting uh, acquisition for us. And if you look back at all of the acquisitions that we've made from uh, Bitmoji through to Zenly, from a map standpoint. They've all been really additive to our overall service and really feel that with Fit Analytics, um, it, it's going to be much of the same, you know, enabling us to continue to build out a really strong e-commerce proposition. Uh, and we're really excited to see how that works out. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, social commerce in general and, and social commerce on Snap, it all goes back to um, it's a four year journey that we've been on. Because uh, this time, well, in around this time, four years ago, we really started to scale out our uh, self-serve business. So software that enables advertisers and agencies of all shapes and sizes to get access to our, uh, our kind of unique advertising proposition, our unique audience, and advertise at scale. And from the very early stages, we were very much focused on performance with that in mind. So, and you know, I, I think that speaks more today than it ever has, because every marketer now is a performance marketer. I don't think there's any more a talk of brand versus performance marketing. Uh, a dollar uh, towards the bottom line, like a dollar spent in advertising is as important to the CMO as it is toward, uh, to the CFO because every single dollar that's spent in advertising needs to flow towards the bottom line. So I think that's like a really fundamental thing. And where we've succeeded is the products that we've built have always been focused in on that. So whether it's um, you know, the ad units that were vertical video sound on, uh, we were the first to do that. Uh, whether it was introducing things like dynamic product ads, which we did over the last couple of years, enabling advertisers to uh, reach uh, high intent users uh, close to the moment of purchase and, and, and around that moment. And I think this year in particular, it's the introduction of augmented reality into all that, which has really seen us, um, you know, step out ahead. And it's, it's just these new innovative solutions that we're bringing, particularly during a global pandemic, when you can't go to a store and try on a pair of shoes, you know, being able to open up your camera and try them on and actually purchase them through the camera. And if we think of somewhere like Sephora and, um, you know, someone going in in the past and trying on a mascara or a lipstick, maybe that's not going to be possible in the future, but they can try that on uh, with the camera and maybe make that purchase through the camera as well. So that's where we're really excited uh, and where we're going to continue to double down um, as a business. And, um, you know, hopefully the, the, the most important thing, and I go back to my point about the CMO and the CFO, making sure that every dollar that comes into our platform is having some impact on the bottom line for the businesses that we're working with. And that's been a real focus from, you know, my first day uh, when I joined Snap over four years ago. Um, and I think that's going to really continue as a focus across the business. As we continue to move forward, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I said VAR. I meant AR. Just as a, uh... <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, so you mentioned this before, David. Uh, in advance of today's pod, you had 
brought up another couple of examples where I think this is really relevant, particularly in those industries where brick and mortar was obviously prominent and in-person um, being the main point of you know customer interaction. Are there any more examples of where your uh, democratization of experiences are really coming coming through, like you know automotive, or you know is there any other examples you, you care to share with with the listeners? Yeah, for sure, and I, I think um, again it's important to. To, to like to say that I, I don't think that uh, physical retail experiences are going away um, and I don't, I don't think that brick and mortar retail is going away like I love going in and, and doing a bit of shopping and I think everyone is looking forward to getting back to that but I think what AR offers is just new ways to to gain those experiences um, and you know to your point Shane we've had some really great partnerships over the last number of years with some massive brands um, that we've really closely partnered with to bring uh, maybe non-traditional items into the camera. So I think a great example of that is, um, you know, with BMW, they were launching their two series uh, car a couple of years ago. And we actually built that car in AR and, and enabled people to put it into their driveway to see what it would look like. And we've partnered with a huge amount of different uh, auto brands over the last couple of years to continue to do that. Even seeing what the different colors would look like on the car, different wheels, different interiors, like getting down to that granularity, I think it's been is pretty cool. And, and we're really excited to continue with that. Um, and another really interesting one that we did was with, uh, was actually with Lego. So um, with Lego, what they wanted to do during ad week, I think it was last year or the year before in London, they actually rented out a physical retail space that was empty. And when you enter the store, you were able to unlock an experience through Snapchat that actually created a store in augmented reality that was a Lego store. And you could click on items and purchase them then and there within the store. So it's just really interesting to see how different brands are embracing augmented reality, how different brands are also just embracing change. And they're trying to innovate, they're trying to stay ahead. Um, and I think that that's what the best marketers will continue to do. And that's how... Uh, the best marketers will continue to stay ahead and will continue to succeed is through that innovation. You know, it's embracing change um, and it's being dynamic to what's happening in the world around them. Uh, and we've seen that, again, going back to the past year, we've seen that time and time again, you know, the best brands and the ones that are really thriving in this are those that are dynamic, those that are embracing new technology and are driving for innovation. So I'm, I'm going to ask a quick question and then we'll feel free to jump in. Um, so David, I, I get the impression if we look at, if we look at the marketplace that you guys operate in, Snap just feels and seems to me as if it's the shining light on the hill as compared to some of the other platforms. And what I mean by that specifically is, you know, not as many bad actors, better behavior, just a cleaner app. Uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, I think, um, First of all, thanks for saying that because it's uh, you know it's it's a very um, it's a great job that the team are doing in building uh, technology and also putting in policies in place to create that environment. And it's happened over a long period of time, uh, so it's not an overnight thing. We've taken a huge amount of feedback on board, and that's I think one of the things that we're all uh, the the proudest about is um, we really listen to the market, we listen to our customers, and we try to build. Um, solutions and environments for them to, you know, use our platform in a safe way. Um, and it goes back to the very beginning of like when the platform started out, you know, there was policies that were put in place to try to prevent 
bad actors uh, coming onto the platform. When we started out with the content business, we put strict editorial guidelines in place that would prevent things like um, you know, misinformation spreading before misinformation and quote unquote fake news became a thing. You know, we had editorial policies in place to prevent that. And we've continued to do that throughout. So whether it's, um, you know, drives to encourage mental health on the platform um, and to, you know, uh, to try to prevent like bullying on the platform, we've made a huge amount of efforts and, and uh, partnered with many different organizations to do that. And um, it, you know, like like, it feels like a kinder, softer place. Yeah. And, and that's, I, that's one of the, I guess kind of, it's, yeah. And it's super important given your, 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 especially in the US. Your 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 user base is is you know their teens right up until early twenties so it, it's yeah incredibly important I guess yeah and it's one of our core principles is like our three core principles are being kind smart and creative and uh, you know we we lean in heavily on that kind piece uh, and I think that's reflective in how we're looking to build out um, the business and like I said it goes back to what we were talking about earlier like how do we stay how do we stay ahead we continue to innovate. We bring on some really smart, um, you know, product leaders, um, and we have a, a leader in place as well that wants to ensure that as we continue to build out our platform, we don't stray from our core principles. And I think that's a, a really important point. Yeah. So, I, I, Dave, I, I want to kind of put your feet to the fire for a second, um, and we, we've talked about a lot of different principles of Snap and a lot of different core functions of the app and, and ways that it's been so successful. If over the course of the next 12 to 24 months, you had to pick one area where um, you would say that you want to see Snap be most successful, would it be e-commerce and transactions, um, core user growth and kind of increasing the addressable market around the, the core functionality of the app and the camera? Or uh, would you want users to go more deeper into the consumption and the media side of the platform? It's a that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> you know, the ideal scenario is you succeed. You succeed in one of those. You succeed in one of those, and that has a flywheel effect across the others, right? Sure. So the the ideal scenario is, and um, you know, we grow our user base because we've got you know, something there that is uh, going to drive and add utility for them. And then when they get in and as they become, uh, you know, as they chat with their friends, as they consume content or whatever else, they then find value in other parts of the application. And I think that like discoverability that I mentioned is kind of that, um, that thing that connects all that together, right? Because if I'm, uh, in there and I'm discovering the new content and I'm you know chatting with my friends and I'm discovering through the camera etc I think commerce is the byproduct of that discoverability because as I'm discovering those new uh, experiences and, and those new things and um, being able to have a seamless transaction from that discoverability is where we uh, will hopefully you know drive success obviously for our customers drive value for our users and then we succeed right. ourselves in the long run so i think like the discover if i would say like anything i'd say that discoverability piece will be really key because discoverability will drive you know great engagement um for our users and then will hopefully also drive 
great results from an e-commerce standpoint, which has a positive impact on our customers and then also has a positive impact on us from a business standpoint. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Top of funnel growth. Um, it seems like it, it's an area where we all could do better and um, where, where we all think about, you know, how do we get everybody in the app and using different parts of the app? And I think that that makes a lot of sense. So David, we're, uh, we're probably coming up to time here, but really appreciate it. Uh, I guess, as, as, you, as you likely know, at this point, a lot of our users are, uh, you know, retailers, FMCG, consumer products, agencies, digital folks, um, trying to, trying to learn about kind of what's going on and, and, and how they, how they can maximize their position. So I'm going to ask you a question and I love your, uh, response and, and I would love you to be really specific. So if I'm a brand, how do I get the biggest bang for my buck on your platform by, by virtue of the value you bring? What are the specific things you would, you would do if, if, if you were a brand to optimize it? Yeah, like I think um, I, I keep going back to that four-year journey because I think it's it's really important to to note how much progress we've made in four years. Like four years ago, the answer I would have given you would have been different because you would have had to get a credit line to advertise on the platform. You would have had to have specific assets ready to go, vertical video assets ready to go. Um, you may not have been able to uh, judge the return on ad spend and effort that you've put into the platform. Today, we've built out uh, Lens Web Builder, which will enable advertisers, agencies of all shapes and sizes to go in and build AR experiences from templates on Snap. We've got Snap Publisher, which will enable advertisers to cut net new assets if they don't have vertical assets for our platform. Advertisers can come in and set up campaigns for as little as $5 per day. And they can bid towards the objectives that mean the most to them. So they can actually bid towards a lower funnel action, like an app install, a purchase, um, you know, an install plus a purchase. So it, it, we have all of that. So I think, you know, if, if you're asking me the biggest bang for your book, it's, you know, having the right uh, creative with the right targeting in place, bidding towards those objectives that mean the most to you. And I'm really hopeful that that Snap can drive those results. Because as you've mentioned, you know, we're seeing really strong growth in our business. And I think that's and the, 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 a big driver in that alongside our brand business is our performance business. And advertisers and agencies won't be coming back to our platform. They won't be increasing their investment unless they're seeing results in the back end. Unless they're seeing return on their effort and return on their ad spend, they're not going to come back to us. And I think yeah, the fact yeah. that we're continuing to grow on active advertisers, on uh, pure revenue, is is a direct result of the fact that we are driving results, bottom line results for that CMO and that CFO who wants to see that dollar of spend go towards the bottom line. And um, so yeah, so it's it's definitely leveraging the, the tools that we've got in place. And we've also got teams uh, ready to go to help you out. So if the, if you are listening as an advertiser as an agency, you know, get in touch with us because we do have teams that are ready to go to help you out in, in many different ways. Yeah, awesome. Um, David, I, I think I read yesterday Snapchat's market cap was something like seventy-five billion. So, um, you're, you guys are obviously doing something right. I just, Whit and I were just so so pumped to get you on, just given what's going on with the social commerce aspect and, and where you're you're going with VR, etc. So, um, yeah, man, I, listen, really, really appreciate your time. Um, for any listeners that want to get in touch with you, do you have a Twitter handle, or what's the best way to to, to be in touch? Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Dave Shaw. So maybe that's the, the best way to get in touch for now. And then um, any other questions, 
go through that and I'd be happy to put you in touch with the, the right people at Snap. And yet yeah, really excited to um, to chat to you again after all these years, Shane. Uh, come full circle and wit as well. Uh, wish you all the best with your, um, with your new endeavor. And uh, thank you both so much. David, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, for more information on how to optimize your global social channels, please get in touch with us on tbtdigital.com.